You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's so I'm so glad to be here with you, with you guys for the past couple weeks. It was amazing. Let's just close our eyes and just just enter into His presence one more time. Jesus, we honor you. We thank you. We thank you for what you've done on that cross, Jesus. We look back to it and we are in awe, God. Let us always remember the sacrifice you made. Sacrificing yourself so that we could be made free. Unholy people called to righteousness, called to godly holiness through your sacrifice, Lord. Jesus, as I say this message, Jesus, let the nerves, any nerves be released, God. You gave me something. Let me bring it forth boldly. Let let me bring it forth in confidence, Jesus. We thank you for your holy presence that is in this place, Lord. Oh, I feel you right now, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, first off, how was everyone's Christmas? Was it good? All right. <laughs> um, so, I actually, this, um, message that I prepared, um, in Jesus school, we do activations in, um, in our school and in school day and stuff like that. And there was one activation where we were called to, um, preach the gospel in front of the class and everything. Only a couple people were picked. Um, but I wanted to, I wanted to be prepared and, um, God gave me this and like immediately I was like, Oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to somehow put, this into a gospel message. And, um, I did. And after here, uh, learning about it and just getting those little things, um, from that moment, um, I just, I just, I really liked it. And I was like, they didn't pick me, of course, but, um, <laughs> I wanted to preach this. I wanted to talk about it. And Papa was, um, might was saying that I might have um opportunity to speak and i was like oh perfect i already have something that i want to speak on so that's perfect thank you god your timing is awesome um so i just developed it and i looked into it and i just i i think it's really cool but (laughs) um so we're gonna be in john 4 And as you can tell, we are going to be talking about um, Jesus and the woman 
at uh, the well, uh, the Samaritan woman. So going right into it, um, into verse 5, it says, just one second, I'll find it. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. So we all know the Bible, and we all know that Samaritans and Jews didn't really like each other very much. Um, they basically just despised each other and despised, um, every, like despised them, and they just they thought so the Samaritan uh, Jews thought the Samaritans were dirty the lowest of the low, basically dogs. Um, and the, and because of this, the Samaritans didn't like the Jews because they thought they were too holy or too above themselves. Um, and, uh, just one second. So the Jews actually would take a route that would go around Samaria, typically, and it would take seven to uh, six to seven days to go around but it would take three days to go through so they added a three day added three days to their journey just so that they could go around samaria so they didn't have to talk and be in fellowship with the samaritans so yeah just imagine that um so then imagine the disciples when Jesus said, we're going through Samaria, we're, we're going to do this, we're going to go through this town that we basically don't like, and we're going to do it. They probably were thinking Jesus was crazy, because <laughs> they're like, we don't like them, we're Jews, we don't, we don't conversate, we don't talk to them, we don't fellowship with them. Um, and, but um, Jesus had a plan for this. He went... Um, through intention, and he, that is where he found his target, as you will, the Samaritan woman at the well. And then, uh, going into, uh, John 6 through 15, uh, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, we, uh, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, which was noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, where his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, asked for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you know, knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying that to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and you would have given your living water. Oh, sorry, sorry. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, I have nothing to, uh, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? And you, and, and you, are you greater than our father Jacob? Ha, he gave us this well for to drink, drink from it. And did his sons, uh, Sorry, he gave us the well and drank from it himself and did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So this is the first part that I want to uh, talk about. Um, and so 
what is this living water? So the Samaritan woman doesn't know what this living water is. She's thinking it's just regular water. It's water that well, you can drink and everything. Um, and she's like, I want water that never, that quenches my thirst all the time. So she's like, I, I want some. Um, but so, um, but this is actually foretelling the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This living water is the Holy Spirit. It's when, uh, the uh, Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. That is what this holy water, that is what the holy water Jesus is talking about. Um, and in multiple times in the Bible, it, uh, the Holy Spirit is resembled with water, a living water. In Isaiah 44, 3, it says, For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on, the, on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. And then in 1 Corinthians as well, uh, 12, 13, it says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. So the Samaritan woman, not knowing who this man is, Jesus, is intrigued by this living water. She is intrigued by it. And she asks Jesus to give it to her. She wants it. She is craving it. And and though she does not fully understand it, she wants it. Sorry, just one second. But as we know, the water that Jesus was talking about is so much better than any physical water. It's so much more deserving, so much more rich. And it quenches your thirst so much. Quenches it so much. And it's so much better. Uh, and then going into um, John 16. Uh, sorry. John 4, 16 through 26. It says, Jesus said to her, go and call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I, perce I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that, I, that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when tr the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ, when he comes, he will tell us these things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So this section I really thought was cool. Um, and uh, I want to speak about the um, worship part, the worship um, that doesn't need to be on the mountain or it's uh, the hour is coming. Um, so... She, the Samaritan woman, just believes that Jesus is a prophet. And this brings up 
um, in circuits, service of conve- uh, events, sorry, um, the where we should worship. Um, and then Jesus goes into saying that a time is coming where it does not matter where you worship, it matters how you worship. And with what instruments you are worshiping with. Jesus said that we need to worship in spirit and in truth. Those are the instruments that we need to use for true worship. The spirit that is being foretold by the living water, that is what we need to use to have true worship with God. And immediately, um, thinking about that passage, I, rem- I was immediately brought to Matthew 27, 45 through 51. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama shabachtani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is called Elijah, uh, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at, uh, at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put in it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. But what I really want to talk about is 50 and 51. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. So this curtain was the barrier of the holy, um, for the holy of, holy of holies from the outside world, um, and the outside courts. Um, this curtain was 60 feet long, 30 feet high, and four inches thick. This is what it looks like. This is how thick it is. That is pretty thick. I'm like, I don't know how human hands obviously cannot rip this. I can't even fit, barely fit my hands over it. But so that, just as a reference, is how thick the curtain was. So it is basically human, basically humanly impossible for this curtain to be torn on its own. So why tear it in the first place? Why does God want to tear this curtain? What's the purpose? What's the point? And we know that God is intentional. He does things with a purpose. He doesn't do things just because. He has a purpose for why this is happening and why he wants to do it. This, Jesus, uh, God was giving me this as I was meditating on it. He, it's, uh, I got, uh, the curtain tore to make a gateway for the spirit to come into the world. The Holy Spirit to come out of the barrier that we put, that man put it in through sin to go into the world and be there among us waiting for the day of Pentecost so that it could fill us. But, so after, sorry, yes. So, but this could this curtain couldn't have been torn unless the eternal Lamb was slain. It's it's a two part thing. The Jesus had to die for the curtain to be torn. Um, 
and we, yeah, sorry. The, yes, the, ter- the Jesus had to die for the curtain to be torn. And that is the key. That is the key of the spirit being unlocked so that it can come into this world and it can fill us on the day of Pentecost, fill the apostles. And now, now the spirit after his death is released from the chamber and it's now it was just waiting there, waiting for Acts to come and waiting for Jesus to um, allow his spirit to be inside of us. So in uh, in Jesus School and Jesus Image, where I've been going, um, we have been taught to bring everything back to the cross. That is our goal. That is our that is our mission to preach the gospel and to take all of Scripture and find Jesus in the little bits, even in the not so like not so known ones. We we have been trying to be learning to find Jesus in it, in that scripture. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to, that's what, that's what we're called to do, is to bring everything back to the cross. That is our salvation. That is our, that is our freedom, basically. We need to bring everything back to the cross. And nothing that happens today, nothing here, our freedom, our sa- our salvation, our joy, our happiness, our love that we have for the people around us would not happen without the cross. And going back to the um, the um, veil, really quick, I just um, I just feel like I I I agree with what. Uh, Pastor and Sarah were saying that this next year is going to be wild and crazy and God is just going to move. But we also need to tear the veil of reserve. We need to tear the veil of distractions. We need to... The church has basically put the curtain back up in this, in the new century, in this century. The spirit was going and flowing, and now we have basically put it back in its cage. And we need to look to the cross, look to the the um, resurrection, and find the key. That is the key to unlock the veil again. We need to bring the veil down. We need God to tear the veil again, because the spirit is the only thing that gives us power. The Spirit is the only thing that helps us shape others to know God, to know Jesus. That is where we get our strength. That is where we get our purpose to share the gospel, to share the love that Jesus has for us. And that is what I got. (laughs) It was short and sweet, but um, I... I just, I just, I just know that we need to tear that veil again. So yeah, Pastor.
and this last statement that he said, how 